Uh, good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome to this online service. We're on to some very important uh, teaching. And uh, Jesus let us know the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, with all of our soul, all of our mind and strength. So we are looking into the area of how do we love God with all our soul? How do we love God with all of our emotion? Because Jesus said, if you do this, you will live. If you don't know how to uh, manage your emotion, well, you will suffer and, and it will bring about death to our life. So we learned that uh, uh, to love God with all our soul, we need to learn how to be obedient when we are going through emotional suffering, obedient to God. And, and we open up our emotion to God and allow God to test our heart, allow God to search out the emotional baggages that we are carrying in our life due to past hurts. Not the present situation. The present situation draw out those poison, draw out those bitterness through our reaction. It is for us to know what is buried inside. So if we are able to open our hearts to God and allow God to search out our hearts and cleanse us and deliver us, then we will be free from the past. And uh, the other thing about serving God, uh, loving God with all of our soul, is to grow emotionally mature, taking responsibility over the way our uh, emotion are uh, 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 expressing, okay? And uh, because if we allow bitterness to be in our hearts, there will be wicked ways in us. Later on, we're going to learn how bitterness is going to uh, uh, influence our life so that uh, these wicked deeds will, will surface. And uh, this evening, I want to share with us concerning how to manage our emotion. Our emotional health actually determines our happiness, uh, determines our relate, uh, how we relate to people and uh, especially people who are close to us, whom we love. So to, to be able to manage our emotion is very important. Uh, because it affects our well-being. Let's turn to the book of Proverbs 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, verse 22. He said, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Can you imagine? You know, if our emotion is good, it, it, it brings healing, it brings health, it brings strength. Uh, uh, and it brings happiness in our relationship, in our life. But a crushed spirit, somebody who is oppressed because of our emotional wounds and hurts, it dries up the bones. It brings about death. And, and we bring about hurts into those 
uh, who are close to us, remember we, we share that hurting people hurt others. With their words, with their tongue, uh, with their attitude, their behavior. And the Word of God said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, when, when God's joy fills our heart and fills our emotion, it brings uh, strength to, to our physical body. There are people who suffer psychosomatic sickness. It's not physical sickness, but it's induced by our emotion uh, state that resulted in sickness in the body. So our emotions are so important. That's why God said, you will love me with all of your soul. You do this, you will live. And that's why we want to learn how to manage our emotion. I want to take you uh, to a Bible story about somebody who doesn't know how to manage his emotion. And as a result, he suffered 20 over years, wasted years that could have been uh, 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 savage, could have been used for meaningful, uh, productive life. But it was wasted because the person do not know how to manage his emotion. And maybe there are people in, uh, around us who have wasted their life, who, have, who could have done better, who, have, who could have excelled in life, if not because they are crushed by their emotion. Let's look at Genesis 37, verse 13 and 14. This is Jacob or Israel. You know, God has touched his life. He's somebody who believes in God, who trusts God, and who has been transformed to, to a point until tragedy happened in his life. You know, Jacob tell his son Joseph, he has, uh, at that time, wow, uh, wow, he has 12 sons, and Joseph is his favorite. And the elder ten brothers were uh, going out. They were gazing, uh, grazing their flocks in Sikkim. And so the father sent him, sent Joseph, to find out how the brothers are doing, how the, the, the cattle and sheep are, are doing. But when Joseph arrived, and, and, and met up with the brother because the brother was so angry with him. You know, conflicts, favoritism, whatever could happen in all of our life. But the brothers hold a bitter spirit against Joseph and they decided to kill him. But one or two of the brothers, Reuben especially, saved Joseph and said, don't kill him. Just throw him into the pit. And so, that's what they did. And then when the Midianites came along, the merchant, Midianite merchant came along, they sold Joseph to the Midianite. But they took the coat that... Uh, 
Jacob has made for Joseph because Jacob loved Joseph above all the brothers and he made him a, a, a multicolored coat. But the brothers torn that clothes and put blood, at, you know, slaughtered a, one of the sheep or animals and, and sprinkled those blood on that, that coat. And when they went back home, they presented this coat to his father, Jacob. And uh, in Genesis 37, verse 33 to 35, Jacob recognized it and said, It is my son's rope. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob torn his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So here, as far as Jacob know, even though his sons are deceiving him, as far as Jacob know, looking at the evidence, looking at the torn, bloody, bloody uh, 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 garments of Joseph, immediately he imagined and he uh, sort of guess that what happened to Joseph must be, you know, he must have been torn by wild bees and, and just tear him to pieces. Can you imagine? You believe your son is dead. But more than that, you know, it's not just something hit him and he died. Well, that is, that is worse, bad enough. But now you, 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 you perceive that your son is being torn by wild animal and, and he must have suffered. You can, you can imagine him shouting. You can imagine him crying. What a tragedy. So Jacob, because of the death of his son, Obviously, devastated emotionally, tormented, filled with sorrow, grief, bitterness. Whatever you, you can imagine. And there was a, you know, when, when tragedy happened, when we suffer loss, Loss of our loved ones, loss of wealth, reputation, friendship, whatever it is. You know, we, we go through a grieving period. But it seems that after that grieving period, Jacob refused to be comforted. He has decided that he will not stop mourning for his son. 
He allowed his uncontrolled emotion to continue to rule and reign and destroy his life. For him, when he heard the news about his son Joseph's death, his life stopped. His life ended. Even though he's living, but he's a living dead. He doesn't know how. Well, he doesn't want to change his emotional state. In other words, he doesn't know how to handle his emotion, and uh, as a result, he suffered more than twenty years like that. Until eventually. His son Joseph reappear in his life again. So, in other words, Jacob allowed his circumstances to control his emotion and control his life. And uh, that's that's what happened to people who do not know how to manage their emotion. They allow grief. They allow bitterness to take control of their life, and they suffer as a result. Why? Why couldn't Jacob come out of that emotional state of grief and suffering? The first reason is. Because he could not forgive himself, he was the one who sent Joseph on that journey to look for his brothers, his other sons. You know, can you imagine the thoughts that go through his mind? If only I did not send him on that mission to find out about his brother, he would not have died. Can you imagine the guilt that he felt, the condemnation that 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 he has on his heart because he feel he's responsible for the death of his son Joseph. If only he had not sent him on that trip, this would not have happened. You can imagine that would be the thoughts that's going to him. And he decided he's not going to be comforted because he's not going to forgive himself for what he did. And uh, why? He's not going to be comforted because it not. I mentioned not only did Joseph die as far as he knows, but he the way he died, the sort of pain that he go through, devout. By those ferocious animals, he could not, he could not allow himself to be comforted. Somehow, he he cannot get himself back to normality to rejoice ever again, knowing that his son has suffered such horrendous death. And. Thirdly, he was not able to accept his loss. Now, he lost a son, and、uh, he cannot accept it. He cannot 
He hold on. He hold on to whatever he had. The memory about his son. And the memory about his suffering and his death. He cannot come to terms with the loss that he has gone through. You know, there are people in life, they too could not come to terms with what they have lost. And they allowed that traumatic experience to continue to, uh, to captivate them, to bind them, so that they cannot move on. Remember, for, for Jacob, life stopped the moment he knew he heard about the tragedy. So I mentioned earlier, he allowed circumstances to determine his emotional state. Remember I told you, we, our emotion help us to feel, to know ourselves, our circumstances. But we must never allow our emotion to control us. Because sometimes our perception are not correct. So we must come to rule and reign over our emotion. We determine how we are going to feel. Uh, uh, and move on in life. So if we allow circumstances to determine our emotional state, just like in this case, you have no control over your circumstances. The news is your son is killed. You have no control over it. You cannot bring him back. So if you allow emotion to control your uh, uh, event and, and circumstances to control your emotional state, then you are not lord over your life. You have no control over your life. You allow people, you allow circumstances, you allow things to control your life. So until... 20 over years later, because of famine, his sons has to go down to Egypt to receive help. And eventually, that's when they met Joseph again. And so news got back to Jacob and, and confirmed to Jacob that Joseph is alive. In Genesis 45, verse 27. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the cards Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. Can you imagine? You allow circumstances to control your emotion. And your emotion determine your well-being, determine your life. He suffered for so long, and only now, because of the good news, that he began to revive again. Life came back to him, energy came back to him, strength came back to him, and he's prepared to live again. What a tragedy. What a tragedy, you know, of suffering for 20 over years. 
I think that could be more tragic than the news of Jacob uh, being killed. Isn't that so? Right? And, and, and now, only now, he regained his emotional strength. He come to himself again. So this is someone who lost control over his emotion and refused to allow himself to be comforted. He allowed the circumstances to determine his state. And he suffered. He suffered. I hope through his uh, life, you can see some of us, we too may have uh, not forgiven ourselves for something that we have done. And as a result, we are tormented, we suffer that guilt, that, that uh, shame, that loss in our hearts. We never regain ourselves again. We never uh, regain confidence, trust, and, 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 and joy to move on in life. Life has stopped the moment when that things happen. I hope this is not so, but, but it happened with Jacob. But now I want to take you to another story about another man who don't go through tragic loss, maybe not as traumatic as the case of Jacob, but nevertheless, it was a loss. And, uh, but he was able to manage his emotion well. And he was able to come out of it and able to regain uh, strength and, and move on in life. As far as he is concerned, life must go on. You cannot forever allow your emotion, uh, your, your loss to bind you, to control your emotion, to, to control your life and cause suffering and death continuously because that loss is gone. You have no control over it. And you must move on. So that is David. You know, David committed sin and as a result, a son was born. And God wanting to deal with David and he would not allow this child to live. So the child was sick and facing death. And uh, in 2 Samuel 12, verse 16, David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the night lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. He answered, while the child was still alive, I fast... Uh, uh, well, that, that's what David did. He knew that this child would probably not live. So he grieved and he fasted and he prayed. He pleaded with God. He refused to get up to eat. He refused to be, in a way, comforted. And he prayed for that child. 
But later on, I think, I believe it was three days later, he noticed the servant talking. And he, what he feared would happen, in his heart he knew it had happened. He knew that the son has died. And the servant dare not tell him. Because they thought, look, before the child was uh, dead, he was grieving, he was praying, he refused to be comforted. You know, they dare not tell him the truth. And a lot of times, this is how we deal with people who are about to face loss, right? We dare not tell them the truth to prevent them from being out of control in their emotion, in their pain. But David sensed this is what happened. So he confirmed with the servant and, and they had to tell him the bad news. And once they told him the bad news in verse 22, David responded, While the child was still alive, I fast and wept. I thought, who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. And verse 23 but now that he's dead, why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. So if we look at closely into this story, this incident in David's life, how he manages emotion well. Right, first of all, he knows how to forgive himself, unlike Jacob, Jacob cannot forgive himself. David knew it's because of his sin that this child is going to die. And he sought God for mercy and, and he received mercy from God and God forgave his sin and he too forgave himself what he has done. He accepted his loss. The child has died and he accepted that. He, he did not allow this loss to continue to bind him, continue to control his life, manipulate his life. He accepted the loss because he knows he cannot control the circumstances. We need to know that there are circumstances in life that is totally beyond our control. David said, I cannot bring him back. While he is alive, I have a slight hope of influencing God so that God will be merciful, so that God will be gracious and maybe God will spare the life of this child. I think he probably prayed, God, it's not the fault of this child, it's my sin. Would you please be merciful and spare the life of this child? You know, I, I, I think he could pray that kind of prayer hoping that God will be merciful and gracious and spare that child. Because David loved that child. It's his child. But he knew that he, this is beyond his control. It's in God's hand. And David knew he mustn't allow the circumstances in his life to determine his emotional state. But rather, he has to take control of his emotion. Right, he looked beyond the immediate, he looks into eternity. He said, 
This child cannot come back to me, but I can go to him. So if we want to control our emotion, and many times we have to look beyond the immediate, because the immediate situation we cannot change, we cannot control. We have nothing to say about, uh, nothing that we can do about it. But we can look into eternity, and David did. He knew this child would not come back, but he looked into eternity, he said, I will go to him. And that's the hope that David holds on to, uh, that helps him to receive strength and comfort uh, in his emotion. And his perception and understanding is based on truth. You know, David has an understanding about God, about God's way. And he's, he, he's, he, he say, uh, he, that's why he holds to the, the belief that God is out, ultimately in control. He has the last say. God is sovereign. And everything is in, in God's hand. And so he just submitted himself to God's dealing into God's hand because he knows that God is still faithful. God is still righteous. God is still merciful. God doesn't change. So David bases emotion uh, and perception and understanding on the truth and not be swayed by the circumstances. And his belief is life must go on. Now that he is dead, this child is dead, I need to move on. There are more to life and then just being, being uh, whole in bondage by one incident. So that's why in order for us to manage our emotion, we need to know God, we need to know the truth of God's word, so that in times like this, when we are totally out of control of our life and circumstances, we hold on to an unchangeable God. And so our emotion can stabilize. We can manage our emotion. We can move on in life to continue to live and do great things. And in fact, we know that after this, David continues to do exploit for God. Whereas Jacob has wasted his 20 over years of his life in mourning, walking as a living dead, until eventually he regained his life. But it was, life is gone because he's too old by then. So we, we look into two stories of one, someone who did not manage his emotion, and the other one, David, who know how to manage his emotion. I trust you are gaining some uh, very important truth to hold on to. And uh, the next thing that we need to do is when our emotion is, uh, when we look at our circumstances, we 
there's nothing good about our circumstances. And our emotions are so much affected by these circumstances. How can we change our emotional state? How can we bring normality into our life if these kind of things happen in our life? We need to put our hope in God. And that's why God said you need to love me with all, not, not just all of your heart, but all of your soul. It means that in in situation like that, we are able to manage our emotion because we hold on to our hope in God. Let's go back to the psalm that we talked about last week, Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Remember, the psalmist was just crying day and night because of the suffering and the tragedy, the pain, whatever it was, we, we don't know. But that was something very traumatic, something that is very hurting, that he's just crying day and night. There is no hope. There is no way out. And people are taunting him, where is your God? Come on, you believe in God. Why this thing happen? You see, there are times we go through that kind of pain and suffering. How can we change our emotional state? How can we come out of it? The next part of the verse say, Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. So the turning point of your emotional state from a state of grief, sorrow, hopelessness, discouragement, defeat, the turning point is when you turn to God, when you put your trust in God, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what people are saying to you, you put your hope in God. And that's what the psalmist did. And he know if he does that, he will yet praise God. Joy will return. Glory will return. Help will return. And, uh, uh, and God will put himself to be our salvation, to be our savior and our God. So this evening, I don't know about you, maybe not now, maybe I hope it will never happen, but it might happen in life. We'll suffer loss, we'll suffer pain. When that happens, when we find ourselves out of control in our emotional state, Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. You will yet praise Him. He's your Savior. He's your God. So, we, we, we just do not allow our emotion to control us. Because when that time, if it happens, you know, then we allow our flesh to manifest. It will bring about damage, not only to ourselves, but to others and to those that we love. Remember, love, loving God with all our soul is to be able to trust God when we go to emotional uh, suffering. So how can we come out of it? How do we hope in God? 
when the situation is hopeless, when there's nothing good we can see, when they, we, we just do not even understand, we just cannot see how things are going to change. How can we put our hope in God? You determine what you want to focus on. You determine on what you want to see. When the immediate situation is totally chaotic, hopeless, when the future is totally dark, How can you hope in God? You go backward and remember what ha happened in the past. Because God is a God who doesn't change. The God who is faithful, the God who has done great things, He doesn't change. So remember, Nothing you can see before you, nothing you can see ahead of you. You look backward and remember. Look at Psalm, the next verse, Psalm 42 verse 4. He said, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throne. Can you see? He cannot see hope. Tears flow day and night. And when he gets hold of himself, he begins to remember what happened. Remember how he go to the house of God and worship and rejoice and dance and so on. And verse 5, he say, My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizah. You know, let's look at this verse closely. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. You know, you... As pastor, I talk to people, and I know what people are saying. And a lot of people say, you know, I don't feel good. I just want to stop attending church for a while. I just want to stop coming to worship God. I just want to stop serving because I'm not feeling good. You see, these people are saying, you know, my emotion control me. Because now my emotions are in a bad shape. I will stop coming to church. I will stop serving. And that's why we fail. Some of these people never come back. Some of these people, if, when they do come back, their passion is gone. They just come back because they are Christian. They believe in God. So they go through the motion. You see, because they're controlled by the emotion, they're controlled by the circumstances like Jacob. But David is different. You see, so here, the psalmist say, My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, therefore, I will remember you. 
the fact that I'm devastated emotionally. And that's why I need to remember your goodness. That's why I need to remember the time, you know, I see your glory, you know, the joy. I need to remember because otherwise I will be, I will collapse. I will be whole in bondage by those emotional feelings. How different the psalmist respond to calamities in life compared with so many of us. We allow our flesh to take over. We allow our emotion to take over, take control of our life. So we have come to know God, who He's like. And, and He says, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizah. Now He's so far away from Jerusalem. He seems to be so far away from the presence of God in the temple, in the land of Jordan. Wherever he is, however far you feel that God's presence is away from you, you remember what he has done. You remember how his presence come and minister to you and touch you. You remember. You decide what you want to focus on. You decide what you want to remember. Jacob refused to be comforted. He decided he's not going to listen to anyone. He's just going to be filled with self-pity, self-condemnation. He's just going to grieve and, and, and... You decide. The psalmist decided he's going to change the situation. And he remembered even though he's so far away from Jerusalem, the temple of God, he remembered. So our emotional feeling must be grounded by the truth. It cannot be grounded by the circumstances. We must understand the truth. That's why the, Jesus said to the teacher, the expert of the law. How do you read it? How do you interpret it? Jesus said, if you want to enter into the inheritance of salvation, you've got to obey. It's given to those who obey. And we've we got to know the truth. We've got to ground, be grounded in the truth. And it's so important that, that we really you know, a lot of people, they, they don't treasure the truth. You know, if you listen to this truth, if you listen to this series of, te uh, well, this teaching and you understand them. If ever you go through some tough time, you know what to do. Because you understand the truth. You, you're grounded by the truth. Rather than allow circumstances to control our life and, and, and we're just good for nothing in the kingdom of God. And uh, you see, when you know the truth, the truth will carry you through. The truth will, will, will help you to determine your emotional feeling. You look at this verse here in 
First Thessalonians 4, 13. He said, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed, or rather, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who sleep, those who die, sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. So you want to turn your emotional state around, you've got to put your hope in God. You've got to have hope, otherwise you can't turn around. And in order to have hope, you must know God. You must understand the truth. You must know. You know, you cannot be ignorant. And the word of God say, hey, look, we, are, we have come to believe in Jesus. We know that there is resurrection of the dead. And so we are not going to allow grief to, to, to just overtake us because we suffer our, the loss of our loved ones. We know there is hope. You know, I know in those days in the Eastern tradition where somebody died, you know, they just wail it and allow the emotion to take control and as if the whole world collapsed because somebody died. Because they have no hope for eternal life. But we have hope. We have the truth. And our emotion has got to ground on the truth. And when we are grounded on the truth, you know something? Hope is there and our emotion begins to rise up, trusting God. And we're able to move on. Life must go on. We're able to move on in strength and, and, and live the life that we are supposed to live. So this evening, I hope we have learned how we can manage our emotion in a correct way. Even though in life, it's unpredictable, we don't know what happened, sometimes there are calamities, tragedies, you know, that, that baffles our understanding. But when we ground our emotion in the truth of God, in the Word of God, in our knowledge of God, when we look to Him and submit to Him, even though there are times we just do not understand what's going on, we will be able to manage our emotion in the right way and life must go on. And may God bless His Word into your heart. Shall we pray? Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the comfort, the hope, and the solution that You have given to us about the losses in life, about the things that we suffer and how we can come out of it in triumph, trusting in you, hoping in you. I pray that you will teach us, teach your people so that we will not allow our emotion to control us and rather we will allow you and your word and and, and we will be responsible so that our emotion, we can manage our emotion in, in, a, in a correct way so that we will come out of every trials, every pain, every suffering and to live for you. We thank you, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Amen. <laughs>